just one observation on that. What has been interesting in watching the evolution of China's grand strategy is the degree to which China has in the last decade begun to try and rethink itself in terms of being the continental land power versus maritime power and is now beginning to sort of talk about, and you get these in the strategic journals and so on, the strategists talking about China becoming a hybrid power uh, and realizing that by being, by not having that maritime dimension to its grand strategy that it's missing out on stuff. And in fact, that this is a new way to think about China's dynamics and dealing with the outside world. Interesting, interesting point of the I issue of how one becomes, if it's possible to become a, uh, uh, a hybrid, a hybrid land and sea power at the same time. Our second speaker is Dr. Shin uh, Kawashima. Dr. Kawashima is a professor of international relations for the Graduate School of Arts and Sciences at the University of Tokyo, and a senior fellow at the Institute of International Policy Studies. Uh, before that, he taught at Hokkaido University and was a visiting scholar at a number of institutions, including the Beijing Center for Japanese Studies, uh, and was a Japan scholar at the Woodrow Wilson International Center in 2009. He's an expert. Chinese diplomatic history as well as the history of radio in the East Asia and the issue of networks and communications I'm sure very much reflected in, in his work. His very first book, The Formation of Chinese Modern Diplomacy, was published in 2004 and was awarded the Suntory uh, Academic Prize. I'd like to think that the, what that prize would have been uh, as a bottle of Suntory whiskey, but that you'll have to tell me if that, will, if that was, in fact, the, the way it works. Uh, Dr. Kawashima also, I note, uh, received his PhD from Tokyo University in 2000. And those of us who received PhDs uh, in the mid-'80s can think of him and now think of him directly as a young scholar uh, working in this field and in this direction. And for Dr. Kawashima is going to talk to us about the, um, about the evolution of China-Japan relations from the 1920s through World War II. Dr. Kawashima. Yeah, thank you, moderator. It's a great honor to be here uh, to discuss about history. In East Asia was as excellent uh, colleagues here. Uh, actually, uh, we arrived yesterday, so I'm now fighting with a jet lag problem, <laughs> maybe. Um, as uh, the former president, uh, Professor Sarah Payne, uh, yes, illustrated the uh, mechanism or in, uh, internalization of Japanese uh, modern Japan, and also, uh, yes, point out the uh, Japanese strategy that uh, conclude the uh, maritime and the world Yes, continent, yes, uh, one under the uh, global context. However, maybe my uh, presentation is focused on the uh, bilateral Sino-Japanese relations and the East Asian uh, history. So, yes, um, I don't know, uh, last year, uh, last year, the, the two, two years later ago, the Prime Minister Abe uh, announced the so-called Abe Statement 
on uh, August in 2015. This statement pointed out the Manchurian incident. To be by incident in Chinese was the most important turning point of Japanese modern history. Yes. Uh, the announcement uh, said that after this point in 1931, Japan changed to be more negative and challenging to be the trend of anti-war or anti-colonialism that were adopted by the Western powers at the time. Actually, uh, in the context of the modern East Asian history, 1931 is the most important turning point, that's right. However, from, for example, from the Koreans' point of view, 1931 is not so <laughs> important, actually. For Koreans' point of view, 1910 is the most important because the so-called annexation of Korea by Japan was done in 1910. Then, how about China? Yes, that's right. Uh, 1931 is one of the most important important turning points for Chinese history, but for Chinese, point, Chinese history, 1949, yes, is so important. And also, 1911, yes when the Xinhai Revolution happened, yes, or 1928, Chiang Kai-shek unified the China, and so there's a series of turning points of Chinese modern history. So how about the Sino-Japanese uh, relations? This is the point of this presentation. Yes, as I said, uh, 1931 is a big point, yes, and also 1937 is also a big point. And I think uh, 19, not 19, 1871 is the, yes, turning point, or the starting point of modern Sino-Japanese relations. And 19, uh, eight, no, 1894, 1895, yes, the, the most important point when the uh, Japan and China concluded the Simonoseki Treaty after the war, a uh, first time Sino-Japanese war. And also, I here I like to strengthen the importance of 1915, when Japan proposed 21 demands toward China under the World War One. Yes, in 1915, uh, when Japan proposed the 21 demands, yes, Japan changed its its policy toward China. And also the atmosphere in Ch in China towards Japan was changed so much. Actually, um, this history in this century, this 1915, was the one of the most biggest points, as well as as well as 1931 and 1937, I think. Yes. So, in this presentation, I uh, traced the turning points, uh, as I said. Uh, until 1945. Yes, first, 1881, Sino-Japanese Amity Treaty. As you know, at Edo era, Japan made a, tr made a trade with China at the Nagasaki port and through Satsuma and Ryukyu and others. And after Japan opened the port uh, at Nagasaki, Kobe, Yokohama, and Hakodate in 1859, and a major restoration was uh, made in 1868. It was passed three years after the major restoration, 
1871, Japan concluded the uh, Sino-Japanese Amity Treaty in 1871 under the initiative of Li Hojan uh, on the negotiation. Actually, Japan proposed so many uh, some documents, uh, the manuscript of the treaties. However, Chinese side, Qin Dynasty, rejected again and again. Basically, Chinese, uh, the uh, manuscript or uh, documents of the Chinese uh, side was uh, adopted by both sides. But this is a starting point of the modern China-Japanese relations, I think. Uh, this treaty is very, very interesting. Uh, first of all, uh, this treaty uh, was the Eco Treaty, not an Eco. This is the first. This, is, this was the first Eco Treaty for both sides, for Japan and China. For Chinese point of view, all of treaty treaties at that time with Western countries were unequal treaties. Okay, Japan also. At that time, for the Chinese point of view, on Chinese foreign policy, the tribute relations, tribute relations were the was the important one, more important than the the relation with Western countries. However, all of treaties, except for the Japanese the treaty with Japan, were unequal one. This is the first. So, Qin, Qin's consuls also enjoyed a, a consular jurisdiction in Japan. Chinese people in Japan also enjoyed extraterritorial rights in Japan. Japanese Japanese people also enjoyed extraterritorial rights in China. So, that treaty that treaty was equal. Secondly, the treaty the treaty also decided that traffic documents between Japan and China had to be written in Chinese, not Japanese, Chinese. If Japan used Japanese documents, Japan had to prepare the Chinese version. Yes. So the language point of view, this treaty is, was not equal, I think. Actually, the, the Chinese idea has a superior than Japan. As you know, major registration was or is very so high in East Asia. But however, uh, Chinese and the Korean intellectuals in 1970-1880 criticized that major registration was too hasty <coughs> to seek westernization. Actually, in 1970s-80s, Japan was facing so many many problems. Okay, so. Uh, when uh, Chinese intellectual, Korean intellectual visit to Japan and observed Japanese study, oh, they evaluated all oh, major research is not was not so successfully done. Yes, Qin success, successfully kept its superiority in this peninsula in the Korea. Oh, sorry, and in the 1880s about Korean issues, Qin Dynasty successfully kept its superiority in this peninsula against Japan. As you know, in 1880s. China changed, Qin Dynasty changed its tributary relations with, with Korea. And also, uh, a Qin Dynasty concluded new agreement with Korea and started uh, open the uh, concession to Jie in Incheon, Wonsan, and Busan. And Chinese people in Korea enjoyed extraterritorial rights. And also, Chinese consuls in China. Uh, Chinese consul in Korea got the uh, 
Yes. Uh, 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 the rights of jurisdiction in the in Korean Peninsula. But Korean, pe Korean people in China did not have such uh, rights. So in the 1880s, the relationship between China and, China and Korea changed to be the unequal one. It is an interesting situation. And also, uh, Qin Dynasty sent Yuan Shikai uh, to uh, Korean Peninsula to control or uh, to control the uh, Korean domestic and international affairs. And Chinese Northern Fleet, Dui, were the most strong navy fleet in East Asia, modern Japan. So, Qin Dynasty was originally the, the continental power. But in uh, 1870, uh, 1870 China also sought to change to be a, yes, some, yes, uh, maybe uh, not so, 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 yes, maritime power, but uh, China changed also, yes, built the strong navy fleet and also maybe sought to be a, a maritime power at the time. In 1887, Chinese sailor incident happened in Nagasaki. Japanese government could not cope with this incident. So Japanese public opinion was so, yes, strong against the Chinese yes, pressure. So in 1980s, yes, under the Meiji administration, Japanese Navy fleet was not stronger than Japan as a Chinese one. Yes, it's uh, an interesting situation. And I, as uh, Professor Payne said, uh, for Chinese a Japanese point of view, a revise of a Nikkei Treaty was the great mission for Japan at the time. China was not. Actually, for Chinese point of view, tributary relation, relation war was the the more important than the um, yes relations with foreign uh, Western countries under the treaty system. So after. China stopped the tributary relations after the Simonsky Treaty. China changed its concept on foreign diplomacy. So China started to uh, revise the, the Unicode Treaty after 1894 and 1955, or uh, 1901, when China uh, concluded the Beijing Protocol, I think. In major period, Japan sought to be the Westernized country to enact several laws and Imperial con uh, Constitution in 1889. Uh, Imperial Diet also started in 1890, yes, as uh, Professor Ben said. Through state building, Japan intended to uh, revise unequal treaties with Western countries. But China basically recognized the tributary relation was the, uh, the main arena of foreign relations. Yes. Um, Japan built the modern army and the navy based on the officers and the soldiers by conscription that started in 1890s instead of some samurai system. Yes, but China does not. Japanese army adopted the divisions system in uh, 1888 instead of the system of domestic security uh, from the Qin uh, Daisei to the Shidansei. And the Navy enhanced the amount of capability on its vessels in 1890, especially after the 1890, I think. So the, after the, uh, the, the second turning point, the first period between uh, 1871 to 1894, 
the relationship between China and Japan was basically equal under the uh, treaty. However, this situation was changed in Shimonoseki Treaty. Sino-Japanese war happened in 1894, caused by the opposition of the Korean issue and directly by Japanese attack to Korean palace in July uh, 23rd, uh, 23rd, 1894. There are so many controversies, the reason uh, why why Japan, or reason why the Sino-Japanese war happened. But recently, Japanese scholar pointed out the directly, uh, directly by the Japanese attack to Korean palace is uh, the most important reason, I think. After treaty, not after treaty, under the uh, negotiation between uh, Japan and China in uh, on the July 1985, Japan yes sent troops, navy to the Taiwan area, and uh, uh, yes attacked the Penghu Islands. And after this, Japan concluded Shimonoseki Treaty was Qin Dynasty. And after the treaty, Sino-Japanese relations were changed to be unequal relations. Relations, Japan could enjoy some privileges, same as Western countries. So Japan joined the group of powers in China, as was Britain, France, USA, and others. Yes. And uh, uh, Japan became a regional power, but Japan had to keep cooperation with other great powers. This is so important. Yes, Japan joined the group of powers in China, with the USA and uh, Britain and others. However, at the time, Japan kept the cooperative policy with Britain, France, and the USA. Yes, Japan was a late comer to the uh, Chinese uh, in China. Another thing is that Nicholas point, before the war, Japan uh, successfully devised the unequal treaty on negotiated rights uh, with Britain. And Japan, uh, after the treaty, Japan starting, uh, starting the ruling, uh, studied ruling Taiwan and the Penghu Islands by the treaty. So Japan changed to be the colonial empire after the Shimonoseki Treaty. At that time, there was, the, uh, there was uh, some controversy how Japan rules Taiwan. Yes, uh, the uh, the first opinion was that, uh, that uh, Japan uh, recognized Taiwan as the uh, some the, the same as the prefecture like uh, Kagoshima, Okinawa, and others. Second, the opinion was, uh, was that Japan has to uh, separate the in. Uh, Japan proper and uh, Taiwan and other areas. Finally, Japan separated Taiwan and the Japan proper. Uh, the general officer of Taiwan, Taiwan Sotoku, has a super power on the military administrative and the judicial matters. Yeah, this picture is the uh, Taiwan general office. As you know, in 1910, Japan did the annexation of Korea. So, yes, uh, actually, there are so many uh, uh, yes, discussions about the comparison between Japan, uh, Jap uh, Japan uh, no, the, the comparison between Japan ruling toward Taiwan and Korea. Yes, uh, actually, uh, from Japanese officials' point of view, uh, the the general general of Korea, his rank was higher than the general in Taiwan. This is the first. Uh, secondly, uh, yes, uh, for the, for the identity. Actually, Korean people had a Korean dynasty, but Taiwan was not. So, uh, as you know, the, the historian of Taiwan history, they uh, pointed out that through the Japanese ruling Taiwan 50 years, in this period, so-called identity of Taiwanese was emerged. 
But, but however, before Japan's Japanese starting ruling the Korean Peninsula, Korean, Korea, the Korean people originally had the identity of Korea, Koreans. This is different. And also when Japan rules, uh, rules the Taiwan, Japan utilizes the uh, local elites to control Taiwan city. However, in Korea, not. Japan basically uh, deprives the interests of the local elites in Korea. So the way uh, to uh, rule was different so much. And as you know, in the 90, uh, 1940s, on the wartime, Japan started the, uh, the, the some, uh, some systems on the Jap a, a suffrage and the conscription towards Taiwan, Japan. But basically, Korean first, Korea was first, secondly, Taiwan. Japan adopted the uh, uh, conscription in Korea, uh, in Korea in 1944, in Taiwan in 1945. And also Japan adopted suffrage in Taiwan and uh, Korea, maybe at the same time. And as you know, in 1920s, uh, Japan changed its policy towards colonial area, Korea and Taiwan. Uh, because there's some uh, anti-colonial movement that was happening in, uh, in the world context. So Japan uh, recognized some uh, suffrage from the colonial people uh, in Japan, not in Taiwan, in Korea. So Korean people in Taiwan, the some Korean people changed to be the representative people on the Japanese diet. And also in 19, uh, 1920s, Korean people can, uh, can vote uh, in writing Korean letters, Hangul, in the, the local election and the national ele uh, election for diet in Japan. Uh, this is the uh, interesting situation. However, in Korean, uh, Korean people in Korean Peninsula, they did not suffrage in 1920 and 30, but in uh, wartime, they got the suffrage. However, on the wartime, there were no diet, no, no, uh, parliament in Co Taiwan or Korea. As you know, okay, they they only can the, the suffrage in the the, in the Japan proper Honshu, Hokkaido, Kyushu, and Shikoku at that time. Maybe yeah, there are some some misunderstanding that the Japanese rule towards Korea was so strict or some something than Taiwan one. Yes, Japan was so yeah easy toward Taiwan, but not for Korea. This is uh, maybe a misunderstanding or the, the evaluation, I think, after the 1945. Yes, after the Sino-Japanese War, uh, China uh, was faced with the crisis of division by powers and social revolution theory. Uh, Darwinism was so popular in China that Chinese young intellectuals and officials sought to make a new modern state. After Beijing Portugal in 1901, one, China adopted the policy of normalization, and Japan kept the chain uh, maintenance and support its policy was other powers. So Japan won the Qin Dynasty on the first Chinese and Japanese war. However, after the war, so many, many younger officials in China wanted to study Japan. And also, yes, uh, maybe 10,000 Japanese Chinese people, Chinese uh, younger students studied in Japan. So this situation was different in the wartime in 1930s. So more than 10,000 Chinese students studied in Japan in uh, 19, the first decades of the uh, 20th century. They experienced the modernity 
and absorb the seeds of Japanese in Japanese in Chinese character, a low economy, society, and other important terms were used modern China. So, a law in Chinese or the economy in Chinese, society in Chinese, were derived from Japanese language. Maybe Communist Party or Socialist Party or Socialism and Communism, yeah, in Chinese or from Japan, Japanese language. And Chiang Kai-shek, Lu Xun, and other so many, many uh, uh, famous politicians and novelists and several hundred students studied at Japanese uh, uh, in Japanese university and Japanese army's preparatory school. Chiang Kai-shek himself also. He studied at the Japanese army's pre uh, preparatory school uh, and he went to the uh, some division, uh, what, the number 13, 13th division of Japanese army. And uh, in uh, 1911, he heard the uh, information about Xinhai Revolution. He back to the uh, China. Okay. And the Chinese students were conscious of nationalism uh, in, in Japan. And uh, then uh, Tokyo became the important basement of the Asian political activities like Sinak-san. Expressible Sinak-san, so many, many political activists from uh, India and Vietnam and the other areas, yes, they uh, came to Tokyo and uh, explored some yes, patrons and others, yes, in Japanese officials or the uh, enterprises. Yes, uh, so Russo-Japanese war is so important, so important for the uh, bilateral relations between Japan and China. Russia was the uh, opposite to cooperative circle among the powers in China. As you know, uh, in the uh, Beijing Protocol at that time, the powers, Britain, France, USA, uh, Russia, and the others, yes, uh, assured one consensus. It is the powers, yes, Keep, kept the uh, Chinese uh, maintenance. Therefore, secondly, uh, powers supported to Chinese modernization. And also, uh, powers uh, kept its interests yes, uh, under the constitution in 90, 1890s. So when, if, if one power wants, wanted to anything, it had to constitute wars, this matter, with other powers. This is the one consensus, this is a shared consensus. However, Russia was opposite, opposite to this consensus. Uh, Russia did not, Russian troop uh, did not leave or Manchuria after 1901 uh, uh, when the uh, uh, Boxer Uprising happened. And also Japan made alliance with Britain in uh, 1902 against Russia. Japan was just dominant on the war. And, uh, and after it happened the Japanese war, Japan was uh, just domin uh, dominant on the war. Okay, so Japan won, won the, the Russo-Japanese war, but uh, just, just dominant. So Japan could not get the uh, indemnity on the Portsmouth Treaty in uh, 1905. So Roosevelt, yes, he, he prepares the opportunity for Japan. However, Japan cannot get the uh, indemnity. This is a big problem for Japan. Yes, Japan took proud of its victory towards Asia uh, and uh, as the representative of Asia toward the West. And the 
other the representative of the constituent, constituent country to the despotism. However, the result was the deep trauma to Japan. So Russo-Japanese war was the kind of, uh, yes, uh, perhaps, uh, yes, bring the, some trauma to Japan, especially to the Japanese army. After the war, Japanese army could not release the Manchurian interest, South uh, Manchuria Railway and others, because that was acquired, uh, acquired in turn for heavy sacrifices on the war. So this is a big problem. And uh, in Sun Japanese War, Japan, uh, Russian Japanese War, Japan got the, uh, some interest in um, Manchuria, but Japan could not get uh, any yes indemnity at Portsmouth Treaty. So, what is the the most important? Yes, uh, one in turn for heavy sacrifices on the war at the Port Arthur and other areas, just a Manchurian interest. So until the end of the war in 1945, Japan could not release the, the interest. As you know, in the uh, uh, 21 demands also, and the uh, Manchurian incident, Sun Japanese War, or Pearl Harbor, all of the decisions of Japan was, were connected with Manchurian interests. The third turning point maybe is the 21 demands, as I said. Japan kept a cooperative policy with other powers before and after Xinhai Revolution in 1911. After the foundation of ROC, Republic of China, in 1912, Japan also kept the, such a policy. Japan did financial support to Yang Shikai government in Beijing. However, after the World War uh, I burnout, Japan joined the uh, pretext of Anglo-Japanese alliance and attacked German territories in the, on the Pacific area, and the uh, military basement at the Qingdao and the Shandong, and Shandong Peninsula. And in 1815, Japan proposed 20 demands to Yuan Shikai in order to uh, consolidate the Manchurian interests and, if possible, keep the Shandong interests. What's the point? Japan adopted uh, an, a unilateralism and did not consult it, con uh, did not consult some articles of demands with other powers, the secret diplomacy. Before this point, Japan consults anything was Britain on the policy toward China. However, in this uh, two new demands, Japan did not consult the contents of the demands was Britain. Not the whole of good articles, but some articles that uh, are not consulted with Britain by Japan. Japan lost credibility among powers, and also Japan became a hostile target of Chinese nationalism. Before this point, Japan is not the, uh, the, the most biggest target of Chinese nationalism, because Japan usually yeah, did anything with other powers. However, at this point, Japan changed the via, isolated one, one target of Chinese, Chinese nationalism. So May 4th movement was one of the most typical trend on this time. So so-called Takeshiku problem was it happened in 1914-15. At that time, there were so a series of anti-Japanese movement or boycotts that happened. 
So Japan, yes, uh, explores the reason why Chinese, yes, did such an anti-Japanese movement. And the Japanese people happened, so-called anti-Japanese textbook. So Japan, yes, claimed the Yuan Shikai. Why did do you did you use such an anti-Japanese textbook and so on? So-called textbook problem between Japan and China uh, was studied in 1980, generally speaking. However, actually, textbook problem had long, long history after 1914. Uh, in Japan, some intellectual strengthened that Japan became one of the great powers in the world and the top of Asia. The thought of Pan-Asianism was immersed in this period in 1910s. However, Japanese, some in, Japanese intellectuals, yes, announced Pan-Asianism, yes, Chinese intellectuals like Li Dachao criticized such a, a, a thought at the time. However, in uh, late uh, 1910, Japanese government changed its policy. Prime Minister Hana Takashi and Shideharaki, uh, the, the, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Shideharaki Kijiro, adopted the modest and the cooperative policy was powers and released Shandong interests in 1922. Uh, they did not use military power in China and intended to expand economic com uh, commitment with China, like uh, spinning industries or textiles, I think. And uh, in 1923, the, when the Great Kanto earthquake occurred, so much donation from, was sent from China, but some Chinese laborers were killed on uh, uh, excuse of keeping security in Tokyo. Maybe a four, 400 Chinese was, were killed. Yes. But at, uh, uh, there are some controversies um, among historians in East Asia. Japanese historians strengthened that in 1920, under the Washington system, or the Taisho democracy, Japanese government adopted the modest and the cooperative policy toward China. And Japan kept the uh, cooperative relation with uh, Britain and the USA. This is the Japanese point of view. However, maybe most of Chinese historians were against such uh, observation about history. Chinese historians uh, uh, maybe uh, illustrate the history between Japan and China in this term. Uh, they said that uh, Japan adopted the uh, economic aggression toward China. Yes, so aggression is continued from 1910s to 1930s or 40s. Or Chinese history strengthened that the consistency of Japanese aggression from Meiji, uh, Meiji period to 1940s. But Japanese tradition is not. Japanese historian uh, pointed out the some uh, complexity or the much more uh, historical context at the time. So there are so many, many controversies about historical issues in East Asia. Yes, in 1920s, uh, provincial localism and uh, unitism was completed in China, and the Beijing government was uh, bankrupt in 1922 or 1923, and the KMT held the first assembly at the Guangzhou in 1924 with CCP members. Uh, after this death of Sen, Chiang Kai-shek started the North Expedition, yes, as you know. On this process, Nanjing incident happened in 1927. This is so important for Japanese uh, politicians, actually. In 1920, Shidehara and Hara's policy was just uh, cooperative with China. However, after the Nanjing incident happened in 
27 or 37, as it happened. Japan diplomats and families were uh, assaulted in Nanjing. This incident was exaggerated so strongly by Japanese media at the time uh, that the Shidehara's policy was criticized so strongly. Yes, the media said that because Shidehara's diplomacy was too modest to cooperate with China, so Chinese nationalism, nationalism were so assertive or aggressive towards Japanese people, citizens in China. So after that, Prime Minister Tanaka Gichi adopted more aggressive policy toward China. This is so interesting that uh, uh, Japanese public opinion or journalism has prompted it, Japanese aggression toward China. So Shidehara was first with the Seiyukai and Tanaka Gichi, and also Shidehara was first with the other problem, public opinion or journalist, journalism. This is a new trend. Maybe 20 years ago, Japanese historian said that public, public opinion or ordinary people was innocent or so peaceful toward the situation at the time. However, now that Japanese public, public opinion at the time and also uh, the journalism in 1920s were not so innocent, maybe sometimes uh, Japanese public opinion also prompted the Japanese aggression the army to uh, make aggression toward China. Chiang Kai-shek successfully completed uh, his mission and attacked Beijing uh, government and unified China in 1928. Uh, Japan interferes his northern ex ex uh, expedition uh, three times. Yes, his slogan is revolutionary diplomacy. Uh, like uh, some uh, boycotts or strong pressure to Japan as well as Soviet Union. Yeah, this is the reason why the Guangdong Army started the uh, uh, Manchurian incident. Clemente government succeeded uh, in recovering tariff autonomy and pro pro uh, protected Chinese enterprises prizes that supported Clemente government. Japanese enterprises were faced with a crisis of their management. From a Chinese point of view, China successfully did, was, uh, did the, to revise its unequal treaty from, from tariff autonomy to extraterritorial rights. Japan did from the extraterritorial rights to tariff autonomy. Because uh, from KMT point of view, tariff autonomy was, was, was more important than extraterritorial rights. Because if China got the tariff autonomy, China can, could enhance the, 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 the rate of tariff and to protect the, the uh, Chinese industries. And it was so difficult for KMT government to revise all of judicial system in China, in Tibet, in Xinjiang, and other. It's so difficult for China. So China uh, did the uh, revision of uh, tariff autonomy first at the time. Japan also uh, succeeded it. Uh, Japan also accepted it. Japan also revised the treaty with China at the time. Um, in 1980, uh, this, uh, this first turning point is the Manchurian incident, as I said. In 1988, uh, Quantum Army killed uh, Chan and uh, intended to control Manchuria. However, Chan Xuelian supported Chiang Shui-ren was the son of Chiang Tsui-ren, supported Chiang Kai-shek in the end of 1928. 
In 1930, when the Great Depression influenced on Japan economy, the problem of violation of the supreme command of Europe,、uh, emperor in Japan. After that, Japanese diet could not touch the military budget. In 1931, Gondor Army suddenly occupied all Manchuria along the railway and built Manchukuo in 1932, as you know. Chiang Kai-shek did not resist to Japan militarily, but criticized Japan on diplomatic arena. He adopted the wall on diplomacy. China claimed that Japan violated by violated the Article of Nine Powers Treaty in 1922, and Japan violated the、uh, Charter of League of Nations. At that time, China was the non-permanent member of League of Nations Council, and claimed China claimed it. Yes, League of Nations was started founded in 1920. China was the original original member of League of Nations, and China was eager to be a non-permanent council member at that time. Yeah, and also China burdened the large, large budget. Yes,、uh, on the same level of the permanent, yes, member of the council like Japan and Britain. However, as I said, in 1922 or 23, China, Beijing government was bankrupt, so China did not could not pay the, the money to the League of Nations. Chiang Kai-shek burdened all of the,、uh, the debt of the Beijing, Beijing government to、uh, League of Nations. However, at that end of the negotiation, League of Nations accepted the Chiang, Chiang Kai-shek's proposal that if Chiang Kai-shek paid the debt of Beijing government to League of Nations, League of Nations paid its money. In China, at that time, League of Nations made so many, many projects on the economic growth or labor problem and educational problem and so on. So such a yes project was done done by League of Nations in China. So when the Manchurian incident happened in 1931, there were so many, many high-ranked members of League of Nations like. Like Mr. Reichman, were in、uh, Nanjing with Chiang Kai-shek. So at that time, the the relations between League of Nations and China was so so good, was so good,、uh, maybe better than Japan. After the claim of China, League of Nations decided to send a written commission to China. And the Lytton Commission, yeah, submitted a report to the League of Nations. After the、uh, Lytton report was submitted to the League of Nations, the representative of they、uh, uh, was discussed about this problem, and the、uh, got the conclusion was with Japan uh, uh, conclusion conclusion. But Japan was not satisfied with conclusion of UN、uh, League of Nations. Actually.、Uh, The conclusion contained three parts. The first is that the sovereignty of Manchuria was belonged to China. 
This is the first. Secondly, Japan had a special interest in Manchuria throat. Third, the Manchuria, Manchuria would not managed, ruled by China and Japan. Manchuria would be managed or con controlled by international committee, maybe by League of Nations. So Japan could not accept it because if Japan accepted the, 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 for, the first condition, the sovereignty of Manchuria was belonged to China, which that meant Manchukuo would be dissolved. So Japan uh, decided to withdraw from League of Nations. Some scholars pointed out that this was a symbol of Japanese isolation in the international society. But now that uh, some scholars, other scholars like uh, Inoue Toshikazu in Gakushu University uh, said that this behavior intended to prevent, uh, prevent the uh, expansion of this problem. Yes. Uh, Tanku Agreement. On the same month when Japan decided to withdraw from the League of Nations, Japan and China concluded the Tanku Truth or Tanku Agreement. That meant the end of a Manchurian incident. So Manchurian incident was finally ended in 1933. Okay. Afterwards, Japan expanded to northern China military. So Japanese aggression was continued after 1933. So Manchuria incident was ended in 1933. However, Japanese military, military aggression was continued after 1933. However, Chiang gave the priority sweep CCP and the local militaries in order to prepare under Japanese war. There were a series of bilateral negotiations for peace. So in Japan, there is a, some uh, discourses about the 15 years war Okay, and uh, eight years war. Okay, so um, most of Japanese scholars uh, do not adopt the uh, discourses of the eighteen years war, because the Manchurian incident was ended in nineteen thirty-three. However, if we uh, took importance on the aggression itself, Japanese aggression was continued from 1931 to 1940, uh, 1945. But most of Chinese people <coughs> strengthened the importance of the aggression, not the war itself, because the definition of war is <laughs> sort of fake. So Chinese historians uh, strengthened the uh, importance of aggression. So Ch Chinese uh, uh, historians uh, strengthened the con continuousness uh, of the war itself, uh, aggression itself. The turning point, five, five, uh, fifth turning point, Marpol Bridge incident in 1937. After Xi'an incident in 1936, Chiang Kai-shek was requested to start the war with Japan. And on July 7, 1937, so-called Marpol Bridge incident happened. Both, uh, however, Japan and China, if you check the Chiang Kai-shek diary, yes, on that day, next day, or 15, uh, 10 or 11, 12 or 13 on, on July, Chan did not recognize that was the start of the Sino-Japanese War, actually. It's interesting. 
And maybe a uh, twenties or twenty two or twenty second or twenty third, Japan and China both side gradually recognize maybe the war is ha happening. War was happening at the time. A series of sm small conflicts happened around Beijing, and Japan mobilized the army. China attacked. China decided to attack the Japanese residence and the navy at Shanghai on August thirteenth. This is uh, so. How do we differ the starting point of the Sino-Japanese war is so difficult for us. But maybe it passed one or two years. In 1938 or 1939, both sides recognized the starting point was Lugojiao. There's a remarkable British incident. It's so interesting. Um, and also at the time, Japan misunderstood the level of the Chinese army and uh, had a uh, tough fight. So many Japanese generals yes, uh, left the diaries on the wall. If you check the diaries, yes, we, we found that uh, Japanese um, soldiers and Japanese generals misunderstood the level of Chinese army because Chinese army was trained by Germans' missions. They were so strong. So it is, it is um, for Japanese point of view, uh, Chinese army was, was, uh, the, the, uh, was so stronger that than uh, what they imagined. Uh, Nanji Massacre is now the, the symbol of Chinese Japanese history problem. Chinese government strengthened the uh, disease for more than uh, 300,000, but the Japanese government just says a lot of people was diseased then. Yes. Uh, so, yes, there's so many problems. And textbooks uh, introduces the instance, uh, and uh, the textbook in Japan introduces this incident and uh, uh, controversies on it, or just uh, say, uh, just says lots of people was uh, deceased then. Uh, and uh, as you know, the, uh, maybe 10 years ago, Chinese uh, Japanese Joint Historical Study started. I was a member of the Joint Study. At that time, uh, actually, we discussed about the uh, Nanchi Massacre's problem. Uh, Chinese side requested us if Japanese historian accepted the existence of Nanshi Massacre, it's no problem. <laughs> yes, no, nobody, nobody, uh, our delegation, nobody uh, denied the existence of Nanshi Massacre. It's fact, so it's no problem. And on both sides uh, wrote the parallel history. And also we have to, uh, and we uh, share the direction that we uh, will uh, make a much more uh, substantial studies uh, on a Nanchi massacre. After the uh, burning out the Sino Japanese War, both sides, Japan and China, did not make war declaration. Partly because the Neutrality Act of USA. If Japan and China uh, make a war declaration, USA, yes, uh, adopted the uh, new, new, new Neutrality Act and they stopped the strategic trade with Japan and China. So both sides uh, did not like the situation. And Japan explored the possibilities of peace and built some puppet states. In 1938, Prime Minister Konoe basically gave, gave it up to explore peace and built the new central government of ROC in Nanjing, the puppet state. And the government was only organized by Wang Jingwei in 1940. Japan emerged co-prosperity sphere 
and did not make any war declaration against China until the end of the war. Yes, it's so interesting. So imagine the idea. In 1939, the World War II happened in Europe, but Japan worried the linkage of Sino-Japanese War and World War II. But Chiang Kai-shek desired the connection linkage of, of two wars. However, Japanese aggression toward French in the in the China in 1940, in order to cut off the support line to Chiang Kai-shek in Chongqing, made a linkage of the World War II. On December 8th, in 1941, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor and made a war declaration of the USA and Britain. And the next day, the 9th of this, on December, in 1941, Chiang Kai-shek, Chongqing government, made a declaration to Japan. Uh, that showed the linkage of two wars. So, on this presentation, I lastly the chronological, yes, uh, changes and the turning points from the 1891 to 18, uh, 1937. So there are some, a series of turning points in, uh, in uh, bilateral relations between uh, Japan and China. Uh, other statements said, said that just 1931 as a turning point of uh, the Japanese modern history. However, there are a series of uh, turning points. Today, uh, yes, uh, the time is limited, but uh, our book will be published uh, April 9th uh, in this year. So uh, I, I, I can provide much more detail in this book. So please uh, refer to the books. Uh, my presentation is uh, ending now. So thank you so much for uh, your coordination. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's open for questions. Uh, my name is Atsushi Yamakoshi. I'm from uh, Kedan, USA. Uh, thank you very much uh, for a uh, very insightful presentations by both Professor Payne and Kawashima-sensei. And my question uh, might have been directed to Professor Payne, uh, but uh, I'm now interested in uh, getting uh, uh, answers from both of you. Uh, in the pre-war history of Japan, you both explained there may be some very crucial mistakes made by then Japanese leaders. And I'm interested in how much of them are avoidable and how much of them were not avoidable. And if you can pick up the most crucial mistake, which you think avoidable, which, uh, what was the mistake, and uh, how do you think uh, could they avoid it? And I'd like to know the implications of that for today's Japan. Thank you. Don't forget, to, don't forget to hit your button. Yeah, you've heard too much of me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's a big problem. Uh, but uh, I think the, the one of the most biggest problems is Japan cannot avoid the, the uh, decision, the big decision-making process. Yes. Who decides 
this problem. Emperor? But Tojo Hideki? Yes. Tojo said that on the Tokyo trials, uh, that, uh, yes, Emperor, yes, was on the conference. And they, on the, on the, in the Japanese constitution, imperial constitution, Emperor had uh, the most largest rights to decide anything. However, the Emperor was just sitting only. The emperor did, uh, did not have any power to decide it. I, I cannot un understand. <laughs> yes, such a so vague decision-making process is, was crucial. I think so. N nobody burdened it. Yeah. So the, this situation maybe uh, uh, changed after 1945, but uh, such a vague system as continuing after 1945, I think. Yeah, thank you. Under the same administration, which of course people in Okinawa didn't uh, appreciate at all. Could you talk more about that? Yes. Uh, what was the crucial point on this uh, problem was the uh, extra territorial rights. Uh, as I said, in uh, 1894, Japan, uh, uh, yes, devised its unequal treaty with Britain, because Japan uh, prepared a series of uh, modern laws and the modern judicial system. However, in Taiwan, there was nothing on the judicial system and so on. So if Taiwan was changed to be the part of Japan proper, Japan uh, was so urgent to build a new judicial system in Taiwan. It's, it was impossible. It was impossible. So Japan separated the areas, regions between uh, the prefectural areas, Japan, the direct ruling areas, and, and Taiwan. And in Taiwan, Japan separated two parts. Japan, J Japanese people and Western people are same under the Japanese constitution. However, the Taiwan people were different from Japanese people on the judicial level. So many other time, Japanese, for Japanese point of view, the judicial, uh, the, the extraterritorial rights was a crucial one. And after the starting of the ruling of Japanese, uh, yes, uh, general governor of Taiwan, uh, the, the governor has a Superpower and administration and the jurisdiction and others, uh, that, that is so hard, hard, uh, it was so hard to change all of the system. Yeah, after starting with the ruling of Japanese toward Taiwan, I think. So, so I think that the extraterritorial rights were so important on this problem. Well, why the other way around? Why did the Japanese government consider putting Okinawa under the governor general of Taiwan and making it the same unit as, as, uh, as Taiwan. The reverse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this is the other point. The other time, Japan studied, uh, ruling Okinawa after the 1970s. And, uh, uh, from the Japanese point of view, the, uh, some, some, something, uh, the strategy towards on the maritime. Uh, on this point of view, Okinawa is the, uh, was located the same 
concept was Taiwan. So as you know, on the uh, time policy, uh, before 1937, in Japan, there were two times, Eastern time and Western time, Eastern standard, Western standards. And uh, what was the range of the Western, Western time? Uh, so the Western part of the Okinawa and Taiwan. So it's conf confusing, I think. So <laughs> yeah, it is so important. That, 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 but so there are some, some legacies on such a uh, co connection of the Okinawa and Taiwan, I think. And then I have a question here, and then we'll go to the there. And if you could also be sure to identify yourself and disclose whatever affiliation you care to disclose, that would be helpful too. Elliot Wolf, um, my question relates to something you said in passing about public opinion and the media in the course of the history you presented from the late 1800s uh, culminating at least into 1937. And when you visit the Nanjing Memorial Museum, there's extensive presentation of newspaper articles in Japan praising the massacre and the extent of the massacre but your earlier presentation suggested that the relationship uh, between the two countries and public opinion and government relations were were cordial. Could you comment on the evolution of public opinion in the media? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, yes. Uh, in the Meiji period, in the late 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 nineteenth uh, century. Uh, Japan and uh, Qin Dynasty both had adopted the English-speaking officers to make uh, pro propaganda or send <laughs> some intelligences uh, to uh, justify their own uh, diplomacy or policies uh, towards Okinawa, Ryukyu, and others. This is for Secondly, uh, maybe in the uh, uh, 1910s and 20s, the, the so-called public opinion was uh, getting a more and more uh, important toward the decision-making process on in both sides, China and Japan. So, uh, as, you, uh, as you know, in the uh, Party Peace Conference, uh, Chinese delegation utilized the uh, Chinese newspaper to uh, prompt the nationalism towards Japan and other uh, powers. Japan also is second, second term. Third term that um, uh, in the 1920s and 30s in Japan, uh, as you know, the, the, if you check the document of the Japanese army, uh, we can find that the Japanese army uh, paid strong attention to the public opinion because the public opinion is was uh, so sensitive and changeable uh, more than the uh, more than this is a speed and the temp uh, the the ch changing the pace of changing public opinion was so fast. Yes. Uh, so uh, the Japanese army could not catch up, could not keep the the the, the paces was public opinion. So uh, in the uh, 1930s, uh, public opinion itself, especially after the uh, 1925, at that time Japan started the uh, normal election. Uh, the all of uh, male persons could vote toward the diet. 
So after the 1925, Japanese public opinion was much more important uh, toward the, the uh, decision-making process. So in 1930, the uh, uh, Japanese public opinion was uh, maybe prompting the, the Japanese aggression. And then uh, uh, Professor Moriyasuo at the uh, Doshisha University uh, published one book to uh, illustrate these uh, processes between uh, the, 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 the Japanese uh, journali journalism or the, the public opinion prompted the, the uh, army's aggression toward China. Thank you. One question there, then I'm going to throw out a last question before we adjourn for lunch. Uh, Henry Hetker, retired government researcher at NARA. Um, you mentioned uh, in 1930 that uh, the Diet no longer had authority over Japanese military budgets. Uh, the London Naval Conference had taken place that year. Uh, Japan participated in it. Uh, there's a question in Japan of, of the agreement, and uh, they, apparently they were not terribly pleased with it in the press. Uh, the other factor is Japan signed the Calabrian Pact in 1928, outlawing war. So the liberal press, uh, liberals in Japan, period, uh, somehow passed into history in around 1930. I guess that's possibly what the problem was. Were they curbed as far as the press, uh, their ability to participate in elections? Uh, what exactly was the problem? All nations are faced with this, even today. Uh, uh, this is the uh, controversy in the diet. Um, at that time, the, uh, uh, in Japan, there were two uh, lines, uh, Seikai and others. Um, the, uh, on the pressure of the uh, uh, Great Depression after 1920, uh, 1929, uh, Japanese economy was declined so much. And also Japan, uh, the economic or financial policy was facing as a big problem. At that time, uh, Japan's, uh, uh, Japanese uh, Army and Navy wanted to uh, enhance its uh, budget. However, at that time, uh, but a Diet, uh, diet members uh, wanted to uh, limit the the budget of the military and uh, 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 army and navy. However, as you know, the in Japanese imperial constitution contained uh, uh, some uh, articles about the uh, emperor's right to control the budget. So, Japanese uh, army and navy, the army, uh, yes, uh, utilized these uh, articles to. Uh, Strengthen that the rights to decide the budget of the army and navy was belonged to the emperor's right. So the uh, uh, to uh, keep the uh, army and navy's budget, I think. So the this is the atmosphere under the Great Depression. The so social social movement was uh, getting more more something uh, aggressive, assertive. And also the uh, in uh, uh, Japanese in Japanese diet there are controversy about the. Uh, Emperor's right or the some constitutional uh, the interpretation of constitution. I think My last question is this and I'm going to open it up not just to Dr. Kawashima, but to the whole panel If they care to comment and that is the Marco Polo bridge incident uh, When I was studying Asian history as a freshman, we were all taught hey the Japanese manufactured the Manchurian incident in 1931 so of course they manufactured the, the Polo Marco Polo bridge incident then came a wave of scholarship which suggested just the opposite, that it was, in fact, the Chinese who wanted to escalate the incident into a uh, cause of war. 
as a means by which to rally China and to push Japan out. And there's even a theory that floats out there that it was, in fact, a communist plot and that the communist Chinese Communist Party uh, foresaw the chaos and the dislocation that would be caused by a, by a Sino-Japanese war and that therefore they used the incident as a means by which to, to bring the two countries into conflict. Any comment on who's to, who, who takes the blame, who takes the fall on this one? <laughs> Edward? Um, it was a Gulf of Tonkin. Nobody planned it and it escalated, and that's what happened in July of 1937. The Japanese army was out on maneuvers, someone fired a shot, their commander was hyperactive, well-known as a very aggressive guy, and he did what Japanese military doctrine said. You take your infantry and you attack and you clean them up. Uh, what? And the Japanese expected that the net result would be what history had taught them. You punch the Chinese in the nose, which they had been doing for 25 or 30 years, and the Chinese say, okay. And then you pull your troops out and everything's back to normal. This time it didn't happen. To the Chinese part of the equation, because Chiang Kai-shek by this time was under enormous pressure, not only after the Xi'an incident and the, his agreement with the communists, but also under great popular pressure to do something. The Japanese had been humiliating the Chinese in Manchukuo since 1931. They were aggressive in North China throughout the 30s. And there was a large, swelling public demand that Chang do something. And Chang's position was never that strong. He always depended on how he could co-opt, in effect, various warlords and generals. So he did something. They mobilized. And then the Japanese said, well, you can't do that. And it escalated, just like the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, only one comment. Uh, only one uh, comment about, uh, to introduce one fact. Uh, uh, communist CCP's newspapers on uh, July 8th in 1937 uh, said that this incident was the start of the China-Japanese war. It's interesting. Uh, the newspapers in Nanjing, no newspapers. Yeah, so this is the starting point of China-Japanese war. Japanese newspapers also. Yes, nobody, nobody prospected that was the start of the Chinese war. However, CCP's newspaper prospected it. It's so interesting. Very interesting. And it's been a very interesting uh, session so far. Again, thank you, Dr. Kawashima. <laughs>